Radharani ki jai. Today in Alachua, Florida is the appearance day of Srimati Radharani. It is the 25th of August, 2020. And on Sunday we gave a class for the devotees in England, in Crawley, we gave a class on Radharani. And we're going to give class now, tonight also, and then tomorrow also, Wednesday, for the devotees in Amsterdam, and then Thursday morning for the Russian devotees. We're going to be speaking about Radharani. <clears throat> so, we can never speak enough about Radharani. It's a, it's a very important tatwa, Radha tatwa. Last night, late last night, I made a recording of of the shlokas of Chaitanya Charitamrita about Radha Tattva. And it is supposed to be sent out on Facebook. It may already be there. It's about 15 minutes. So that it gives a foundation. So you can you can go there and get the foundation of Radha Tattva. This is um, such an important topic because the essence of Gaudiya Vaishnavism is devotion to Radharani. And the essence of Radharani is the essence of love. And into order, in order to understand love, there's no better way to understand it than to understand the love that Radha has for Krishna. <clears throat> and whatever love we aspire for is is an aspect or a, a drop of that love. And so by understanding that love, then we are, are set on the right path in the right direction. And as I, I think I was saying yesterday, that that love, when understood, and when we follow in the, in the footsteps of Radharani and the gopis of Vrindavan and understand their mood, that will eradicate the lust <coughs> in our hearts. Because the lust in our hearts is antithetical to that love. And that's why understanding this love is so important. Because as we understand this love, then we understand the contamination in our own heart and how understand the perversion of our lust, and we we understand the the degree of our lust that that maybe it, we don't maybe we don't realize the depth of our contamination. But in light of something which is completely pure, then we we can start to understand the depth of the contamination. So that's that's the benefit of hearing about Radha's love. We we had mentioned previously that. Radha is a manifestation of everything that's attractive to Krishna. And that means that Radha only does what gives Krishna pleasure. And that exemplifies what love is. Only, there's no possibility of the pure devotee 
doing something that doesn't give Krishna pleasure. And definitely no possibility that Radha would do anything unless it gives pleasure to Krishna. And sometimes it seems like she or the gopis may do things which do not give pleasure, to, or don't seem like they would give pleasure to Krishna, or they seem like they would upset Krishna, or they seem self-serving, like it's giving pleasure to themselves. And so we should understand that that does not exist. We have many stories in which Radharani would tell Krishna, or Radharani would exhibit that any austerity, any pain, any suffering that she would undergo that could give Krishna pleasure would be her highest pleasure. And any happiness that she would experience that would upset Krishna or get in the way of her service would not be accepted. It would become unhappiness. And we have this example. You probably know this example. Duruka, he was a chariot driver. And he was, I believe he was fanning Krishna. When he was fanning Krishna, he was experiencing ecstasy, or maybe it was tears, and it was impeding his service. And so the ecstasy became his unhappiness because it was getting in the way of his service. It's interesting to meditate on. Now look at our lives. You know, we're, we're conditioned souls who are always seeking happiness. We're always looking for pleasure, for comfort, satisfaction, sense gratification. Isn't it? We're always self-seeking. What would you like to eat? What would you like to see? What would you like to do? What would you? Oh, these. I I like this because it feels good. I like this because it sounds good. I like this because it tastes good. I like this because I like the color of it. I like. To, so we're always, we're always absorbed in, in what makes us feel good, whether it's a taste or a fragrance, or a sensation or a vision, or a sound. No, I don't like that. You like this song? No, I don't like that song. I like this song. In in pure devotion, it doesn't work that way. You you can't like anything unless it gives pleasure to Krishna. In, in the Bhagavatam, Prabhupada mentioned that material sound vibration is, is a nuisance. He called it the nuisance sound of sense gratification. That's interesting. Like, why is it a nuisance? Because it doesn't glorify Krishna, and it, 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 anything which does not give pleasure to Krishna, from the perspective of pure bhakti, is a disturbance to Krishna and a disturbance to the devotee. So that. That's what I think is it's one of the the main things we we should try to take away from Janmashtami in in looking at Radharani's devotion, looking at the devotion of the gopis, looking at the devotion of the pure devotees, and understanding that their existence is solely and wholly for the pleasure of Krishna. And they they can't do anything independently of that. And even if it looks like they're doing something 
which is not for the pleasure of Krishna. They're becoming upset with Krishna. Or they're not doing something that Krishna asked them to do. They would only do it. Or, or they're, they want to dance with Krishna. They want to kiss Krishna. They would only do it, or they only do it, because it gives pleasure to Krishna. And if it doesn't, they won't do it. The, the question came up in the last class we did on Radharani, that it seems selfish of Radharani that she wants to be with Krishna. Like she left the Rasalila. She felt slighted, ignored. She was upset. But if, in spite of all the gopis, only Radha can satisfy Krishna the most. And it, in, in spite of all the pleasure he can get from every devotee, it doesn't. If he, if Radharani is not happy, satisfied, if he can't make her happy, he's not satisfied. So, so she was feeling somewhat neglected. So Krishna gave her attention in the rasa dance, but still. It wasn't sufficient. So she left. And now Krishna's not satisfied. He's with all these gopis, and he's not satisfied. So he leaves the rasa dance to search for her. And then he finds her, and she says, I can't go with you. If I am to go with you, you have to carry me. And then at that moment, Krishna disappears, which seems strange, harsh. Here, here is Radharani. And now you're leaving her. You've left the rasa dance to be with her, and now you're leaving her. So what's going on? So Bhaktivinoda Thakur explained that Krishna did that to an to increase her love, to increase her feelings of separation, to see that bhava, to see that love. So by leaving, her love increased through separation. And then Krishna appeared and reappeared, and there was more love. So whatever they're doing is only increasing their love, and whatever Krishna is doing is increasing the love of Radha, or the gopis, or his devotees, whatever the devotees are doing, is increasing the love between them. So we we should always remember that, even when it appears differently. That's just seeing it materially. And then we look at ourselves, we compare ourselves, and we ask ourselves, is everything I do for the pleasure of Krishna, for the pleasure of Guru? And of course the answer is, Sometimes it isn't, or quite often it isn't, or perhaps there's always some calculation what is in it for me. And this, this calculation is, is it's completely off, because when you calculate what's in it for me, you've just lost everything that could be in it for you spiritually. And when you calculate what is in it for Krishna's pleasure, for the pleasure of Radha, for the pleasure of my spiritual master, for the pleasure of Prabhupada, then 
then you gain everything. Now, I want to give an example to help you understand Radharani's position. Krishna is the ocean of rasa. Rasa means taste, the taste that comes from the relationship, the what is the love that is experienced in relationship to Krishna. And that that love is it's always expanding. So that rasa, that taste, is always expanding. And so Krishna is like the personification of juice. And to give a, a an example, I don't think anyone's given this example before, but but I think this is the right example. Radharani is like a juicer, a juice extractor. She extracts the juice of rasa from Krishna. She's the best juice extractor. So so you could say Krishna is love and whatever Radharani does extracts that love even more and so it gives Krishna so much pleasure. Radha, nobody can give pleasure to Krishna like Radha. She's the supreme juice extractor, the supreme rasa extractor. And so in Radharani's thinking, she wants to bring the other gopis to Krishna so that they can experience that love. But often she could understand that Krishna is not satisfied. And so she has to come. And we we told a story. <clears throat> it's a beautiful story. And I'll tell it again. I don't know if you all heard this story, if you all heard the last class, but it's a beautiful story. So Krishna was feeling separation from Radha and he's with his coward boyfriends. He said, I have to have Radha's association. So we had discussed that sometimes the cowherd boys, they also help Krishna in meeting with Radha or meeting with the gopis. And we had discussed how the Madhurya Ras is not only the highest rasa, but it's, it's like everything centers around that. Radha and Krishna is the center. And everything centers around that relationship and all the devotees are their services to enhance that relationship. So now Krishna is feeling separation. He says, Subala, bring Radharani. Subala says, but it's it's noontime. And if she is seen leaving her home as a young, chaste girl, that's, it's not allowed, and that will be very uh, suspicious. And Krishna said, figure it out. You have to do it. So, Subala was very, very beautiful. And he looked very much like Radharani. So, when he came to Radharani's home, everyone was asking, what are you doing here? And he said, oh, one of the calves has wandered. I'm looking for a calf. I can't find the calf. They said, oh, okay. Anyway, so he ends up being able to meet Radharani and gives Radharani the news that Krishna is feeling pain in your separation. He needs, you, you have to go there. How can I go? It's the middle of the day. So they made a plan that Subala 
would dress up as Radharani, Radharani would dress up as Subala. And so Radharani comes out as Subala and said, I, I can't find my calf. And then so Jatila or Kuti, Kutila, one of them, says, well, we have a calf. Why don't you take the calf? And you know, young calf. And she says, okay. So she picks up the calf, covers her breast, you know, kind of a giveaway if they're looking. And then she leaves. And she comes to Krishna and she plays a trick on Krishna. And she says, couldn't do it because she's dressed up as Subal. And Krishna can't tell it's Radharani. He thinks it's Shubal. And he's really, really upset. He said, we couldn't do it. It was impossible to get her. And now Krishna being covered by Yogamaya, Krishna says, Vedaham Samatitani, I know everything. But now knowing everything would ruin this Leela. So Krishna doesn't know everything, at least not right now. He may, know, he may know everything in other forms to perform other functions, but he doesn't know everything right now. And so, Radharani in the form of Subala says, well, I could get Chandravali to come. Chandravali is one of the gopis, and she's considered a competitor to Radharani. Uh, there are what we call right-wing gopis and left-wing gopis. And so Chandavali is considered contrary. So although she's an expansion of Radha and all the gopis and Lakshmis, even Durga, they're all expansions of Radha. But they have different temperaments and they perform different functions in giving Krishna pleasure. But at that point, Krishna wanted to be with Radha only. And so Radha is playing a joke, playing fun, just to increase their love. I could bring Chandravali, and Krishna said no. He said, if you want milk and someone brings you curd, then it's not going to satisfy you. So Radharani was very happy to hear that. And then Right at that point, she revealed is that I'm Radharani. You didn't recognize me? How could you not recognize me? So, so it, it shows that Radha's love is such, and the relationship Radha has with Krishna is such, that no one can satisfy Krishna like she can satisfy Krishna. And therefore, sometimes in situations where she knows that only her presence will satisfy Krishna, she'll have to she'll have to say, No, now I will go. Now I must be with Krishna. No one else can be with Krishna. But it's only because she wants to satisfy Krishna. And so the challenge that we have in understanding Radha and Krishna, understanding the gopis, the Rasalila and so forth, is that much of what they do appears to be similar to what goes on between male and female in this world. And so if we look through that lens, we'll completely misunderstand it, totally misunderstand it. So we have to look at it through the lens that that Radharani is composed, that all the gopis 
all the Brajabhasis, they're composed of love of Krishna. So they can't do anything which is not for Krishna's pleasure. They can't do anything which is not motivated by love. And as conditioned souls, it's hard for us to do anything that's motivated by love. There's always some personal consideration. What will I get from it? I'm chanting my rounds. I'm not feeling bliss. I don't feel like chanting. What's the use of chanting? I don't feel bliss. We're always looking to get something instead of thinking, well, this will give Krishna pleasure. I'm chanting. It will give Krishna pleasure. So let me, let me chant. What, what's the problem? Huh. So that that's this is you know this is foundational this is foundational information. Prabhupada said another thing which is quite interesting. He said Krishna is not very beautiful without Radharani. So we have this understanding of the complete Godhead being Radha and Krishna. And Radha is always with Krishna. Krishna never leaves Vrindavan. Shamshundar, his only place is Vrindavan. He never leaves there. And therefore, Radha and Krishna are always together in Vrindavan. The Supreme Personality of Godhead is both male and female. It's the complete Supreme Personality of Godhead. So Krishna is not complete without Radha. And we were we were saying the other day that because the the goal of Gaudiya Vaishnavas is to be to get the mercy of Radha, to serve Radha, to please Radha. And especially today, today is a day to meditate on the supreme exalted position of Radha, to pray to her for mercy that we can please her, that we can become, that we can get a drop, a fraction of a drop of her mercy. And that, that mercy will destroy mountains of sins and mountains of desire. There's a story one of my godbrothers tells. He was living at the Radhadamadar temple doing seva, taking care of Prabhupada's rooms, cooking for Prabhupada. That seva is being done, the Prabhupada is worshipped at the Radhadamadar temple. So those who were worshipping, at least in his case, he was living. I think maybe sleeping in the kitchen there. So one day or one evening, he heard a devotee, la, 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 but it sounded like he had completely gone crazy. Like if you, if you had gone to an insane asylum and heard somebody screaming, but they were just screaming Radha, but it sounded like that, like completely lost it. Just, he, he didn't, understand so he asked the one of the temple leaders he said what this was the pajari so what happened to the pajari he's like going crazy he said radha darshan 
that Radharani has given him darshan. But now he's going crazy after seeing that darshan. Hare Krishna. So if you get if you get a drop of mercy of Radha, you, you, you may go crazy for a while, uh, in a good way. And that's what we want, you know, because the material world it really has no value. Its only value is in the service to Radha, in the service to Krishna. And when Prabhupada came to do his service to the West, he was praying to Radharani. That, you know, if you're merciful to me, then I can please my spiritual master. So that that's all the devotee wants. They could, we can please Radha. And get some little reciprocation so we can do some pure seva following in her footsteps so we can give some pleasure to her and so that we can imbibe that mood of I exist for the pleasure of Krishna. There's a nice story. This is a, such a beautiful story. We there's a lot of talk about gopi bhav, bhav meaning the emotion or ecstasy. So go, this word gopi bhav comes up in the prayers by Srinivasacharya to the six Goswamis. The mood is sometimes translated as the mood of the gopis, the feeling of the gopis. So there was a discussion among some devotees who were inclined to talk about such things, very, very high topics. We want to understand the gopis, and there, there's esoteric literature, or we would say literature that goes very deep into understanding the mood of the gopis, maybe perhaps deeper than most of us could fathom. So he was invited to talk. This is one of the most senior devotees in this country. He was invited to talk about Gopi Bhav and they're, you know, they're speaking according to the Acharyas and Rasa Tattva, Radha Tattva, like that, Gopi Tattva. And he felt like this is going too far into a world perhaps that either we can't understand or we shouldn't even try to understand because it could only be understood through the heart. And it wasn't, he felt it, it really wasn't. This was not the mood that Prabhupada was giving or not the way to approach it. You approach, you want to understand the gopis, then you surrender. Or one time, anybody said, it seems like when we do Sankirtan, book distribution, it is in the mood of Radha because Radha is always, she's always trying to bring devotees and say, here, you go to Krishna. You serve Krishna. Give them opportunities. Bring them. So he said, it seems like what we're doing is also in the mood of the gopis because we're bringing people to Krishna. And Prabhupada said, yes, this is true. Sankirtan is in the mood, in Radha's mood, of bringing people to Krishna. Radha's very happy when someone becomes a devotee. So, so this devotee, he was listening the discussions and he said so do you want to know what 
Radha Bhav is? You want to know what Gopi Bhav is? He said, when you're 70 years old and you get on a boat to leave India to preach and you have no money and you have really very little, seemingly very little prospect of being successful, not even, I mean the prospect of not even knowing for sure how you'll live. And your prospect is, is probably, I think he brought some oats. I'll just eat oats and potatoes or something. He said, when you are at the end of your life and you get on a boat to sacrifice everything to spread Krishna consciousness, that's Gopi Bhav. And when I heard that, I thought, this is perfect. So we, 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 should, we shouldn't think that what Prabhupada did was anything less than Gopi Bhav. That's, I think that's, and, and, and look at Gopi Bhav in practical terms. And, and, and Prabhupada confirmed it here by showing us that bringing people through the Sankirtan movement to Krishna that's in the mood of Radha. That's that's in the mood of Radha, bringing people to Krishna here. Prabhupada brought so many people to Krishna. Prabhupada was in that mood, and he prayed to Radharani to be able to do that. So that's interesting. So I see you have some comments or questions here. This this will have. Um, We'll have more time to discuss Radha Bhav. Of course, we've only gone a half hour. We'll have more time to discuss this today and also in, in further classes. I it, it can get very, very esoteric and very difficult to understand. And I'm contemplating how deep we should go and can go. And I want to keep it relatable so that we can we can not just un, you know just hear stories which are of course amazing um, but understand practically her position and our position in relation to her and how we as Gaudiya Vaishnavas are we're all servants of Radha We approach Krishna through Radha. Okay, I'm going to read some things you said. Seems like sound is low. Is that true? Seems like sound is low. Turn up your volume. That was like the, the joke, you know. God, help me win the lottery. God says, buy a lottery ticket. Vijay Lakshmi says, Godia means devoted to the lotus feet of Radharani. There's, um, there's a very esoteric story about this. And it's interesting and it, it opens us up to, to understanding the position of Radha and Godia Vaishnavism. There was a king who was at Radha Kund Radha Kunda. He was at Radha Kunda when Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur was there on Parikrama. 
And the king was doing Dandavat Parikrama of Radha Kunda. And all the devotees were looking and saying, See, the king, he's such a great devotee of Radha. And Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, he said, He's actually a devotee of Krishna. And because Krishna is attracted to Radha, he is doing Radha Kunda Parikrama. He said, But actually, his attachment to Radha is only because of his attachment to Krishna. And Krishna loves Radha, so therefore he's honoring Radha. He said, but our position is different. And this is where, especially for young devotees, it can get confusing. Anyway, I will confuse you and hopefully clarify things over the next few days. So, if not, in the next hour. So, so, Srila Bhakti Sinajasharasadhi Thakur said, he said, our position is not like that. Our position is different. And he said, we are servants of Radha. We are devotees of Radha. And because Radha likes Krishna, then we're connected with Krishna. That's interesting, isn't it? That is the mood of the Manjaris who are connected with Radha, who are devotees of Radha, maidservants of Radha, not directly connected with Krishna. So in the mood of the maidservant Manjari, he was a Manjari, Nayana Manjari, in that mood, he's saying our position, yeah, Krishna's okay. You know, we're connected with Krishna because Radharani likes him. If she didn't like him, then hmm. And the other way, he this king is connected with Radha because Krishna likes Radha, but he's the devotee of Krishna. So he's saying we're actually under the shelter of Radha. We are devotees of Radha. We are servants of Radha. We are Rupanugas, servants of Rupa Goswami, who is the foremost of the Manjuris. So Raghunath Das Goswami, in this mood, said amazing things about about his devotion to Radha, and he would say things like, I want Radha, I want you, I want your devotion, I want your service, without which I don't even care for Govardhan, I don't care for this or that, and I hate to say it, and Raghunath says it this way, it's a shame to say I don't even care about Krishna, I just care about you. So that's the mood of the Manjuris, they are devoted exclusively to Radha. Now, you may not be a Manjuri, so you're thinking, how should I take this? And take it as philosophy right now, that this is the mood of the Manjuris. And the position of the Manjuris is, is special. The Manjuris are young girls. So one of the things that we learn about as we become more Krishna conscious is we learn about what goes on in the spiritual world, who's who as well. And so part of who's who is there are gopis, you know the principal gopis and others, who have a direct relationship with Krishna. But there are manjaris who don't have a direct relationship with Krishna, they have a direct relationship with Radha. And they serve Radha. But the interesting thing about their position, which is so special, is they're young, pre-adolescent pre-pubescent. So when Radha and Krishna are alone, 
the gopis can't go there, but the manjaris can go there to do service. So they, what's so interesting about this, and this is kind of mind-blowing that this is given to us, they are allowed to attend to Radha and Krishna in their most intimate pastimes, whereas the gopis cannot. That's amazing, right? If, if you become a manjari, if that's your destiny, which you will find out someday if you chant without offense. If you become a manjari, then that's your destiny to be able to be, enter the leelas of Radha and Krishna where the other gopis can't, nobody else can. Now, what makes this so interesting is the head of the manjaris is Sri Rupa Manjari, Manjari. And we are called Rupanugas, which means that Krishna consciousness is coming to us through the teachings of Rupa Goswami. Of course, through the, all the Goswamis and other acharyas, but he's considered like the, the head. So we are called Rupanugas. And so Rupa Goswami is there as a manjari. He's, he knows what's going on. And many of our great acharyas, or most of them, are manjaris. And so they are f fully dedicated to Radha. They are, and, and so what is significant about that is these are our acharyas. They're writing books. So sometimes you'll read commentaries and you'll hear something that's not in the pastime. And you'll wonder, well, how did they know? Where did they read that? Well, they didn't read it. They were there. Even though they're here, they can also be there in their siddhadeha. So they, they can see the pastime and describe it. So sometimes it's like that. So who, who can be a greater authority on Radharani? Who can be a greater authority on Radha and Krishna's love than the manjaris because they're right there. And then they descend as Mahaprabhu and they teach us. Now, that's amazing, isn't it? I think perhaps even more amazing is the last thing I said. They teach us. That's being revealed to us. And you, you probably know, but you may forget or just not appreciate all the time, that what Mahaprabhu's giving, he's he's revealing what most people don't know even exists. He's revealing the glories of Radha. And he's re revealing the glories of spontaneous devotion, Ragatmika Bhakti. And if you go through all the Vedas, you're not going to pick up on that unless you have a Rasi guru who, who can't explain it. But when you come to the Bhagavatam, it is said, uh, Rasika, that this book is for those who want to relish rasa. This book is... It is the book that Mahaprabhu gave because Mahaprabhu wanted us to read because in this book it describes this intimacy of relationship which you know most most devotees are on their way to Vaikuntha they don't know about the glories of Radha and Krishna even, even it said that you know when Lord Brahma saw Gopal, he said, who's this boy? You know, just a coward boy. He didn't understand his position. So even Brahma didn't understand it, which is amazing. So this is what Mahaprabhu is giving. He's he's coming, you know, say, what, what, what is Mahaprabhu coming to teach? He's coming to teach how when you love Krishna, 
you will control God. God will be controlled by you. What, someone may say, well, what, what's, the, what's the goal of Krishna consciousness? You say, well, the goal is to Krishna consciousness that you will completely control God. Of course, we don't think exactly in those terms, or we understand when we say that, what we're saying is that when you love Krishna, he becomes subordinate to you. So in a, in a joking way, we could say to someone who would be incredulous, yeah, the goal of Krishna consciousness is to control God through love. And it's, I mentioned this, I think I mentioned this in the class in Crawley, and I think it's, it's so important that we remember that is the goal of Krishna consciousness, to control Krishna through love. That's, that's what we're doing. We're, we're trying to learn how to love Krishna. That's all we're doing. That's all Krishna consciousness is. We're trying to learn how to love Radha. We're trying to learn what love is. And, and that's why Prabhupada was sometimes so strict. You, know, you have to control your senses because if you don't control them and you're controlled by lust, you'll never understand love. You'll never get there. And that's the goal. You're, it's like you're pouring dirt on a clean sheet. So that's it. That's the essence. And that's what Mahaprabhu is giving. And, and therefore, Mahaprabhu, he's taking the mood of Radharani and he's showing us through his life what is pure love. He's manifesting it. And he's coming with his intimate associates, the gopis and the manjaris, Lalita, Vishaka, Srup, Damodar. He's bringing everyone and he's relishing rasa as Radharani relishes it. And then he's giving it to us, saying, I'm opening this up for you. You could also relish this. And that was unheard of. No one ever got that. And what's most unheard of is he's giving it to us, which is inconceivable. It, we're totally unqualified. And it, you know, you want to talk about mercy, okay, you know, give a hundred dollars to a poor person, that's mercy, right? Or, or not so poor, but someone who's like lower income, struggling to make ends meet, give him some money, that's mercy. What about giving $10 billion to people living on the street? That's a little bit more mercy, right? So overnight now, these people are living a life that none of us could even dream of. And they'll never have financial problems. Something like that. Mahaprabhu is, is choosing us to give us the wealth that he never gives. That's, that's crazy. And I think a lot of us don't realize how much wealth we've been given because we're not tasting it, we're not experiencing it, because we're covered by lust. And, and it's, like, it's like Prabhupada said, tape on the tongue. You can't taste it because there's tape on your tongue. Oh, Krishna consciousness is hard. I don't know. So many other things. No, this is all. This is all. Hopefully, hopefully, this will all just blow away today, in the wake of understanding what is love of Krishna by understanding Radha's love for Krishna. So, that's my little speech for now. That's my. It's been my meditation because I spoke on Sunday, so today's Tuesday. So it's been my meditation for the last few days of what 
we can hope to get from Radharani, what we can hope to understand about her and about her love. And my whole my whole meditation these last few days is one drop, one drop of mercy. That's sufficient. That's sufficient to destroy every contamination. That's sufficient to give us love. Just some Radha, be merciful to me. Give me one drop. Give me something. Give me your service eternally. Don't ever kick me away. That that's the mood of the devotee. And if you know, mercy is so powerful that sometimes we can't really conceive of the depth of Krishna consciousness. And and we, we can't conceive of how how we could be that deeply Krishna conscious because we're so much overwhelmed by our own desires. But one drop of mercy of Radharani, wow. I hate to give this example, but it, it seems appropriate, at least for those of my generation. We used to take a drug called LSD and there would be different qualities and different dosages or in, what is the word? Intensities of it? That's not the, Anyway, you understand. It's not the word I'm looking for. You know, 200 milligrams, 1,000 milligrams, 2,000 milligrams. So sometimes, you know, people would take LSD. You know, you'd take, we would call it hits. You'd take a hit or two hits or, you know. So if it was low potency, you could take more. But if it was high potency, you would just take a little and you'd be tripping. You'd be in another universe. So Radharani's mercy, I don't want to say it's like LSD, but it's like that. You you get a little mercy then. It's amazing. And now, then you might say, well, how do you get the mercy? We get it through Mahaprabhu because Mahaprabhu is Radha and Krishna and he's, that mercy is giving, it opens us up to understand Radha and Krishna. And there's a verse that said, if you get the mercy of Mahaprabhu, then immediately you'll be at the feet of Radharani. That's how it works. And so Mahaprabhu decided, okay, this is what we're going to do. And, you know, the, 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 the multi-billionaire is, is giving out a billion dollars to homeless people. You don't have to ask any questions. When he comes up to you, just take the check and go to the bank, ASAP, and that afternoon you can buy your mansion. You don't have to ask why. You don't have to worry about if you... But I don't deserve this. You sure you want to give this to me? Here's your million, here's your million dollars. Live the life you desire. So that's what Mahaprabhu is doing. Why he's doing it? The only answer is because he wants to. And because he can. And if he's the most merciful, then he must give the highest thing to the lowest people. And that's what he's chosen to do. And we as lowest people have received it. So, you know, when you get your million dollar check, just like stick it in your pocket, make a beeline to the bank, you know, just don't tell anybody what's happening. Just, yeah, then go buy your mansion. Go to the re next thing, go, go to the restaurant. The next thing, you know, or grocery shopping. Next thing, go to Govinda's, and the next thing, go to the realtor. Well, next thing, go to the hotel and get yourself a place to stay, and then the realtor, and then buy your house tomorrow. Yeah, just don't worry about it. Don't ask questions. Don't like, why did he do this? Who is this guy? 
what's going on. Hare Krishna. Yeah. So I'm going to take your, I'm going to look at your questions and comments here. Krishna Karshani is saying, I trying to move this. We're getting freeze. We have freeze Shakti. It's just that I'm in ecstasy and sometimes I'm talking and I. Oh, let me tell something before you. You've. I don't know if you've heard this. I think many of you have heard this. That if Radharani is the like essence of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, her lotus feet, her service dedication, her mercy we want. If she's all in all for us, why isn't she mentioned? In the Bhagavatam, which it you know, you could indirectly say the whole Bhagavatam is glorifying Radharani. And you wouldn't be wrong for saying that, but you don't find her name there. Why is her name not there? <laughs> because this is interesting, but this is the truth. The names of, of, of the gopis also, Shukadev Goswami, if he had mentioned the name of Radha or some of the gopis, it would have created such emotion in him that he would have choked in ecstasy and he would have been unable to speak and he wouldn't been have been able to finish the Bhagavatam. So that's why it's said he never mentioned her name. He couldn't because the Bhagavatam would never be finished if he mentioned her name. He would not be able to speak. He mentioned her name, uh, he said, when Krishna left the Rasa dance, he left with a gopi. <laughs> he mentions her. That, but this gopi is special because Aradita, this is the gopi that worshipped Krishna the best. Aradita. The best worshipper of Krishna is Radha. Or Aradhana means worship. Now, very interesting point. I don't know if you've heard this. We know the word aparadha, and we translate the word aparadha as offense, correct? Correct. Aparadha means offense. When I was teaching on my phone, when I would look in the camera, it was right where that picture of Prabhupada was. And now when I look in the camera, there's just a camera. And I'm feeling like maybe I should use my phone and I could actually see Prabhupada in this way. If I look down, I can see. Anyway. So, Radha means to worship. Aradhana means to worship. That word you'll find in there's a verse in Bhagavatam about the best worship. What's the best worship is Vishnu, but greater than Aradhanan Param, but greater than that is the worship of devotees. So you'll find that there in Bhagavatam. Aradhanan. So Aparad means against Radha, against the worship. But if you if you take Aradhanam, Aparadha means what distances you from worshiping Krishna. But in another sense, we can say what distances us from Radha, which is really I think the best way for us to translate this word, because it's scary, <laughs> and we should be afraid. We should be afraid. We shouldn't want to make aparadas, right? Aparada, aparada. 
What's an aparad? That which distances you from radha. Oh, I don't want to be distanced from radha. That's the worst thing. Well, if you commit aparadha, then you are aparadha, away from radha. So please remember that and share that with everyone, that if I make an offense to the deities, to the dham, to the devotees, to the name, it's it's separating me from radha, which is obviously the last thing I want, and the goal of bhakti is to come closer to Radha. So, that's interesting. Please remember that. Without Radha or distance from Radha, that's what it means, aparadha. Aparadha, so you remember that Radha. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking of so many stories before I get to your questions. And Prabhupada, Prabhupada talks about how Bhakti goes through Radha and all the devotees are trying to get Radha's mercy and, and that's why in Vrindavan when you greet one another they say Jai Radhe, Radhe Radhe or Radha Radha, Sri Radha, Radhe Radhe. They're all, they're all looking for the mercy of Radha who is the soft, compassionate side of Krishna and they know that she's the most merciful. So they're always chanting Radhe Radhe or like you see if you've been in Vrindavan instead of the horn Radhe Radhe you know, which means I'm coming move to the side or I don't want to run you over Radhe Radhe whatever whatever you need to say hello Radhe Radhe goodbye Radhe Radhe um, how much is that? 10 rupees Radhe Radhe maybe that means too much or maybe that means okay and it was so funny. I had this personal experience. I, I like to share it with you. Many, many years ago, well, probably 20, no, it was like the 19, it was around 1997, my wife and I were living in Brindaban. And we would come back to America for about six months or five months. And we would buy tulsi beads and we would go to colleges and different places and sell tulsi beads. People really liked them. And then we would have different kinds, different combinations, colors, styles. And we found one wallet we liked in Vrindavan. It was, it was a total Brijbasi bhakta, Radha bhakta. And so, you know, we would go there to do business with him. And this business was important for us because with the Tulsi beads, we could make money in America to live on while we were in Vrindavan and to also live on while we were in America. So it was, you know, like this is this is our livelihood, these selling Tulsi beads to people. And we would tell them about Tulsi and why it's beneficial and so forth. So we would go... And, you know, we talked to him, and he he just like be talking about Radharani. And every, like, 20 seconds, he'd say, you know, you, you ever do something, and you're, like, and you're kind of tired, ah. well, that's what he would do. Oh, Radha. Oh, see Radha. You know, say, let's... Prabhu, we, do you have do you have this style? And then he'd look and he'd go, oh, see, Radha. It was just like, instead of saying, oh. <laughs> so, the Rajvasis are absorbed in Radha. 
so much so that even when we do business with him, it was like he wasn't interested in business. He was just interested in Radha. It's always be Radha. I remember this so clearly. It always be. He'd always be Radha. Radha. So Radha was his life. So that's that's what Mahaprabhu came to give. That Radha becomes the life of our of our life and soul, and that her love becomes the objective objective of our life, and that we'll do anything to get that love. We will we will do anything. There's a nice I'm I'm going I've been reading a lot lately, so I'm kind of taking you around the universe. But I'm just remembering these things, so um I don't want to forget them and so I'm just gonna tell you. So there's a prayer by Bhaktivinoda Thakur and he's praying for the mercy of Radha because he's a Manjari also. He's praying for the mercy of Radha. And he said, he said, to give you pleasure, Radha, I would, willing, I would die. He said, I would die a hundred times if that gives you pleasure. And I've heard that also said about Yashoda. She would die a hundred times. So it seems to be a phrase that's used in Sanskrit songs or poetry that to show your love that if dying would give you pleasure, I'd be willing to die. Of course, you you can't die more than once, but it's a poetic expression. I would die over and over. I'd be willing, you know, if I die and I come back to life, I'll die again. A hundred times I'll die if that gives you pleasure. So for your service, for your pleasure, Sri Radha, I'm willing to die a hundred times. So on, on this level of bhakti, what's important for us to understand is that the only thing that matters for the devotee is the pleasure of Radha and Krishna. And if they can't give Radha and Krishna pleasure, then their life is wasted, useless, suffering. It's finished. There's no reason to live. And that's kind of the point where we started this talk. It's like, we have so many reasons to live. Yeah, Friday night is pizza night at the temple. Well, that's a reason. I, you know, I wanted to kill myself, but I'll do it on Saturday. I'll, I'll live to Friday, you know, or... Maybe by Friday night I won't commit suicide because I enjoy pizza, you know. Okay, not exactly like that, but you know what I'm saying. It's it's like, you know, what's your reason to live? Friday night pizza, Saturday movies, you know, it's like the reason of the pure devotee to live or die is simply that it gives pleasure to Radha and Krishna. And so our only... Our only goal in life is to give pleasure to Radha Krishna, to give pleasure to Prabhupada, to give pleasure to our spiritual master. Just like sometimes we see with Indra Swami, he's he does these festival programs, and that's really hard. It's really austere, and he's so happy doing it because he knows this is giving pleasure to Prabhupada. And like right now. He has a very comfortable life. He's sitting in Vrindavan, hearing and chanting, but he's not comfortable because he knows that going out will give more pleasure to Prabhupada. So he's in anxiety. I want to give more pleasure to Prabhupada. So this is this is how a devotee feels. This is how a devotee thinks. And this burns up all selfishness. And, and every time we engage in selfish thoughts or selfish acts, then it inhibits the ability to develop this. And, you know, people think, you know, well, it's so hard to control your senses and follow principles and so forth. 
But following those principles is the foundation. It's laying the road to be able to come to this level of love. And when we don't follow the principles, then we're just, we're just turning around, walking backwards, away from that love. So if we understand it that way, and we understand what that love is, it's going to be easier to sacrifice for Radha and Krishna. And that will be our only pleasure. And then someday we will all say, Oh Radha, I'd be willing to die a million times if that would give you pleasure. Someday. And you're thinking, that's amazing. How could I ever feel that way? But deep down inside, it's there. And that's the beauty of Krishna consciousness. That feeling, that desire, exists somewhere down, down, down. You know, dig, 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 dig. Below the greed, below the jealousy, below the resentment, below the lust, below the anger, below the hatred. That desire is there. Okay. So, I have a meeting at 9.30. We have to stop at 9.25. But let's see how we do. I don't think there's a lot of comments or questions. Um, so, I'm just going to go up. Nalgorjata. Nalgorjata. Is that how you say it? Did I say it right? Nalgorjata. Krishna Karshani. Or as they say in Poland, Karshani. I don't think it's Karshani, isn't it? Karshani. Should we feel guilty uh, or feel compassion for ourselves that often we do the service to get some statusism? This is Polish-English. Some recognition, some status. <laughs> statusism. Statistin. That's a couple new words come out here, yeah. <laughs> you can write your own dictionary. <laughs> uh, and I'll have the dictionary when I read your comments. And our motivations are not always pure like the motivations around us. Should we feel guilty um, or feel compassion? <laughs> I think, you know, one one thought that comes from this lecture is we should feel fortunate that we have the opportunity to develop it. And I think uh, what we can feel, or one of the things it's natural to feel is that in spite of all the, the lack of qualification I have, at least I've been given... I've been given the process and the mercy to get it. So I, I prefer to feel that rather than to feel like what's wrong with me. I mean, I already know. You already know. We already know what's wrong with ourselves. So like, you know, as long as we're we're doing well as best we can, we don't have to dwell on what's wrong. If you feel that dwelling on what's wrong will be an impetus to be better, then yeah, I'm so bad, I shouldn't be bad. I I want to represent Prabhupada better. I want to follow, I want to exemplify his teachings better in my life. Yeah, I feel bad that I'm not doing that. That can be a, a strong impetus. But also when you when you understand that the love of Radha is so intense and beautiful and powerful that it can overcome everything else that's holding us back, that's a really blissful thought. So, you know, just to feel bad 
it can be beneficial, but you also want the other side. That what I have, if I can get some mercy from Radharani, then anything's possible. So you want to, you want to, you know, balance it. I think so you don't become discouraged. And and no matter, no matter how discouraged we may tend to become because of our own faults, but look at. Look at where we're going. Look at what we've been given. You know, it's kind of like the the homeless person gets a billion dollars and they think, you know, I really don't deserve this. This is I really should just give it back. No, no, you know, take it. Enjoy, live a better life. That's that's what it's meant to do. Yeah, but I don't deserve it. I didn't go to college. I didn't earn it. This is not fair. This is not moral. And you could think like that. I don't know how to spend it. I don't know how to invest it. You don't even need to invest it. You have enough. Just sit in the bank. You're fine at two percent. You can, you know, live comfortably. Two percent of two percent of a billion is more than you need, right? So, of course, till the government takes eighty percent of it, but but it's something like that, you know. Okay, maybe if I think that way, I'll be a little. Careful about how we spend the money and how we use it. Maybe I'll be more careful to donate the money to help other people. So many things, but that's the fact that I think it's it's so sad that when a devotee gets mercy, as we all do from Prabhupada, and they and they let the negativity overcome that, that's really sad. Look at look at you've got a billion dollars in bhakti in your account right now. Yeah, but I don't spend it well. I don't invest it well. Okay, but you can learn. But be happy for that, at least. So, yeah, I can feel bad, but I should also feel happy that I'm, you know, I, I, I feel bad I have this disease, but I found a doctor that can cure it, and he's the best doctor. So I'm happy that it'll be cured, something like that. You know, you could say, just to feel happy that it'll be cured, you know, that's nice, but to be aware that I have the disease, I have to be careful. Yeah, that's also that's also important. What one of the things that I've been trying to communicate with devotees, and I don't know if this is easy to communicate, and you've probably heard me say this many times, but when we turn away from Krishna and we turn towards our selfish desire, then it's it's like we just put a wall up between ourselves and Krishna. And all that bliss and all that love and everything that's, you know, it's like it's like the million, the billion dollars is now frozen in the bank. We can't access it. And so in the name of enjoyment materially, we just lose access to the real wealth. And that real wealth lies behind the lust, the greed, the anger, and envy. So when you give it up, then that's what you find behind it. And and if if you remember that, please, please remember this all the time. Whenever you're tempted to give in to something you shouldn't give in to, just think, if I let this desire go, if I sacrifice it, Krishna's behind that. And if I give in to it, then it's like, oh, I've just put a wall between myself and Krishna. So the thing that is giving me pleasure, if I can give it up, if it's not Krishna conscious, or if I can use it somehow rather than it use me, uses me. Then I get closer to that rasa, that relationship. I get closer to it. But if I 
give into it for that immediate pleasure, now I can access that higher state of Krishna consciousness. And that's the reason I exist. That's why I'm here. That's my raison d'etre. That's why I'm here on this planet for that reason. And I'm given that opportunity for it. So that that's so important to remember. And that that explains why, or that becomes the impetus as well, as to renouncing, being able to give things up. Because what's What's what happens when you give that up? Everything. What happens when you don't give it up? Nothing. You 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 struggle to advance in Krishna consciousness. You slow down your process. Of course, we can't. Everybody just can't give up everything right away. But when you're struggling with something, say it's so hard to give up. Look at the look at the benefit of giving it up, and. When you give up something that you're attached to that can help you get closer to Krishna, you get Krishna is so happy. It just like waves of mercy come and waves of happiness and strength and just you you will feel it. Krishna, you've done something, you've given up something that's dear to you. And Krishna is saying, Yes, yes, you're my man, you're my woman. This is this is what love is about when you make sacrifice. I remember I can always use this as if we, if I ever, if my wife ever questions my love for her or devotion, which she never has. Sometimes she questions if I'm too detached to love, but <laughs> that's that. That's another topic. Are you too detached to love someone? But my wife drank some milk. I don't in Brindaban. I don't think she heat. It was heated up or something, and she got some huge liver problem. And then we went to Delhi and we found a hospital and she stayed in it. And I found a guest house down the street, which basically uh, was a bed inside a, a, a closet. Not closet, not a small closet. Big enough for a bed. Kind of like a hotel room in Hong Kong. You know, it's about six feet by four feet, basically. You, know? and you can fit in and put your suitcase down. That's about it. And stand up. And And I lived there and stayed up late with her and got up early and so if ever I need like an ace in the hole you know if there's any question that I have love I say you remember when you were sick what I did how I sacrificed I'm basically living in a closet in this home and spending the whole day with you and this and that and she goes yeah yeah I remember yeah that. so that's the beauty that sacrifice endears you to that person so if you can sacrifice for Krishna, for Radha, why wouldn't you do it? It's such an opportunity, right? I don't know if I want to give this up. Yeah, but giving it up is just a way to manifest more love, more devotion, isn't it? So that's what I think. That's At least that's how I think. So, yes, as I promised, we will get to your questions. So that was one question. Our motivations are not always pure. What? Let's decide to make them pure today. How about that? I mean, you know, you've been a devotee since you're 17, so it's like, what are you waiting for? You know, like, you're going to wait till the day before you die and say, okay, now my motivations will be pure. You know, it's like, you're old enough now. Like, let things, just let it go, you know. Let the material world go. Say, bye-bye, material world. 
all material motivations. We don't need them. All aspirations for enjoyment, success in this world. We'll just let it go. I don't need it. Malgorjata Krishna Karshani says, or has her husband says, Karshani. I'm not sure it's Karshani. I have to look. We have to look where the long A is. But I think that's more Eastern European and Spanish. They put the emphasis on the last syllable. Sadhana. How's your sadhana? We have a disciple, Sukada. No, it's Sukada. But I guess in those languages, it's typical to have the last vowel long. Okay, so she says, when I hear about Radha's love, I feel inspired and depressed at the same time. Her service and love is so pleasing to Krishna. So sometimes I feel that he may, I mean Krishna, may find my service displeasing if we compare my service with hers. Yeah, that's natural to feel that way. Of course, Krishna is not like an ordinary person, fortunately, so he won't feel that way. But I don't think it's, I don't think it's bad to feel that way if that feeling can impel you to try to serve with a little bit of more love or try to follow in his foot, her footsteps and maybe with a drop of that, we can't even get a drop, a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a drop of her devotion. That's the whole point. So let's be inspired by it. And, and if we do feel bad, let the bad feeling be the inspiration to push us forward. Yeah, I feel bad that I don't have love of Krishna. I feel bad that I'm so selfish. Okay. So let's stop being selfish, right? What's, what's, I, I think that, I mean, I think that can be a strong impetus. I, I want that love. I don't have that love. This is the kind of love that Prabhupada would want me to have. Okay. Why not? So there is, the negative can be very positive. That, that's, that's the best way to say it. If you can try to figure out how the negative can be positive. It, with Radharani, she's like sometimes becomes mad at Krishna. Or Krishna becomes mad with her. So the negative becomes a positive force in their relationship. Or the separation, it's a negative becomes a positive because the feelings become stronger. So if you have any negative feelings about yourself, when obviously if you compare yourself to Radharani, compare your devotion to Radharani, you might feel negative. But let the negativity be your impetus. Oh Radha, uh, you are my inspiration. I have no love. I want love like you have, a little bit. So she becomes an inspiration for us. And the more we feel we need it, the more negative, the more inspired we can become. Uh, once I heard this example, which I think really helps. I heard the example of appetite. You can consider hunger a negative, and you could consider being full a positive. But without hunger, you can't eat. So hunger is also a positive because hunger indicates digestive power. And with with hunger, you will digest. So the negative becomes a positive. So the lack, I don't have Krishna, can become the positive, I want Krishna. 
the lack, I don't have love like Radha, can become the positive, I want love like Radha. So when the negative becomes positive like that, then it's beautiful. Then it actually helps. And that's, that's the whole idea of separation. It's a negative which helps. Or the whole idea of when a devotee is denigrating themselves. I'm so fallen. I'm, I, I lack these good qualities. I have so many bad qualities. It's actually coming out as a positive. Because if I'm... Well, let me give a, a crude example. And Let's say you're in a competition with someone, whatever the competition may be. And you're putting yourself up to them and you're thinking, they're better than I am. That's a negative. But if you're a very competitive person, that becomes your inspiration to do better than them. And sometimes you, you'll see this in the world of boxing, that a person will lose a fight and then there'll be a rematch. He wants to fight again and he trains harder and he understands the boxer that beat him. He understands him better. And sometimes the boxer would beat him thinks, this guy is easy to beat, so they don't train as hard. And the boxer that lost trains harder, and then he wins. He comes comes back in the next fight. He's like a different person. So, I don't have it can be an impetus to get it, to have it, right? So, I think it's better. If we can take the negatives and make them positive, then we're doing what the Acharyas are doing. I'm so, I'm so fallen, I'm so lusty, I'm so this and that. Oh, Krishna, I need you. I need you more than ever because I'm so fallen. So the negative becomes the what's inspiring them to take more shelter. So whenever you, your mind goes to the negative, see if it can bring you to the positive. Oh, I'm so this, Krishna, I need you so much more because I'm so fallen, I need you so much more. And so if you have a tendency to be negative, you can use it that way. So that will empower you. That'll be good. And that's an important point. In fact, that is so important. I think I'll make a daily video. Don't you think that's an important point? You know, after doing... After doing um, Zoom, I feel like I'd like to see all of you. I'm just talking to a camera on Zoom. You actually see faces. People are actually there. They can talk back. You know, you can do Zoom and you can also broadcast it to Facebook. But it's nice. you Because know, I asked you a question like on Zoom. I said, so does this make sense? And people, they raise their, raise your hand if it makes sense. And then I, they raise their hand. But here it's like, I'm talking to a camera and that camera does not talk back to me. So we have a quotation. This looks like from the Chaitanya Charitamrita from a purport or a verse. Vijaya Lakshmi is sending this for our transcendental pleasure. Ramananda Roy explained that one should accept the mood of the gopis in Braja. And Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita is clearly said that one accepts the emotional actions and not imitate the dress of the Braja gopis. One should do, where is this from? Teachings of Lord Chaitanya. One should do smarnam or remembering the transcendental amorous affairs of Radha and Krishna 24 hours a day and do some service to them, especially to their archa vigraha, 
or temple deities by following the mood of the Manjari's assistants and Sakhi's associates. Vradharani, one can achieve Siddhadeya, spiritual body, and be transferred to Goloka. The mood of the gopis' emotional pursuit is called Siddhadeya. The word indicates the inner spiritual identity, which is beyond our material eyes and intellect. Teachings of Vajrayatani. So, ladies and gentlemen, the path has been enunciated. 24 hours a day, remember. That's the goal. And how are we going to remember 24 hours a day if we're remembering sense gratification 24 hours a day? And it doesn't work like that. Right? Correct. Gopi Bhav is risking, uh, so Krishna Karshani says, Gopi Bhav is risking life to give Krishna consciousness to others. Beautifully said, Guru Maharaj. Thank you. Well, I'm just quoting another devotee. And... Deepak... Radha, Radha, happy Rastami. Saw an amazing new series in Hindi called Radha Krishna. It's on YouTube. Well, I don't have many. Oh, it has English subtitles. By Malika Singh. Wow. Is it bona fide? Is it from the Bhagavatam or Vaishnava Shastra? That's another question. We can get the mercy of Radharani only through Goranga. Yes. Yes. Because... I mean, you know, you serve your spiritual master, you serve Prabhupada. There's so many ways, but specifically in large doses. He's, you're immediate. The point of that verse is, if you serve Mahaprabhu, then you, it's not like oh, I have to serve Mahaprabhu then Radharani. I serve Mahaprabhu. I am serving Radharani. Radharani's name mentioned directly only here, ten thirty twenty one. Is that why if one commits an operata in Vrindavan, it is taken very seriously? Well, the thing is, in Vrindavan, everything is magnified. Your bhakti is magnified a thousandfold, so your offenses are magnified a thousandfold. So watch out. In the old days, Prabhupada said, go to Vrindavan for three days and get out, because on the fourth day you might make an offense, or the fifth day, or sixth day, or tenth day. So just leave before you make an offense. That reference is wrong about Radha's name. Yes, I knew that. <laughs> first time, Satyarupa says, first time I visited Vrindavan um, and saw how they would say Radhe Radhe instead of blowing the horn. I loved it so much. Radhe Radhe! I have to write questions or comments with glasses. I am blind. I like the idea of making my own English dictionary. Yeah, you already have one. We have another quote here. Srimati Radharani is the center of all Vrindavan's activities. In Vrindavan, Krishna is the instrument of Srimati Radharani. Therefore, all the inhabitants of Vrindavan still chant Jai. Yeah, Krishna is a plaything in the hand of Radha. But Krishna is a plaything in the hand of love. That's the point. And Anyone who loves Krishna, he becomes a plaything. If you experience strong emotions thinking about Radharani while chanting or doing kirtan, which is the best way to share that experience with others in order to not just smile at them and they'll see it all. 
Just say, Radhe, Radhe, with that big smile, emanating ecstasy. If you experience strong emotion, well, yeah. Yeah. Correct reference, 1030 in the beginning of the chapter, Radharani is mentioned. I have to look at that. Directly with her name or just... On days when I feel negative, I sometimes go buy a bunch of flowers for Radha. Then the deeper and... Um, when you trickier thing for me is, are you doing this to feel better or for love of Radha Krishna? That's where I need help. Anyway, in the beginning, it's okay. Mm. Okay, I have to go because I have a meeting now. And the Zoom, the Zoom address of the meeting is on my phone. And I don't know where my phone is. I thought it was in my office. And I don't see it. So it's in my house somewhere. And I'm going to run up to the house and run back. It's time for exercise. So we will see you uh, later. At 6 o'clock tonight, there's a class in Spanish. Then at 7.20, there's another just a five-minute talk in Spanish. Then tomorrow at 1, I believe 1 p.m., we're doing a class in Radharani. And then Thursday morning, we'll continue. Hare Krishna to all of you. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Thank you for coming. Sira Jai Sira Desham.